Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Sean Hare, CEO of Brainship Holdings. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Jeff. Sean, um, for those not familiar with Brainship, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? But first, tell us uh, you know, where you're based and, and, and where your stock trades. Sure, sure. So um, where we're based, we are headquartered in Australia. Uh, our North America headquarters are here in Orange County, where I am. We have uh, presence of people in Toulouse, France, in addition, and in India as well. And of course, a few others scattered about, but those are our, pri- our four primary sites. Um, we are traded on the ASX, and we're also traded on the OTC. And a little bit about the company. So Brainchip is really revolutionizing the future of artificial intelligence, specifically about artificial intelligence at the edge, if you're comfortable with the term edge computing or IoT. So what we do is specifically addressing the use cases around the edge computing paradigm and um, Internet of Thing paradigm. So what we have, we have groundbreaking technology that is um, years ahead of our nearest competitors that has ultra-high performance, yet ultra-low power consumptions. We also have some unique attributes only that we do, which is we have on-chip learning and these one-shot learning on the chip itself. And I'll talk a lot about that and what that means to the end um, consumer of the technology. We were started about 10 years ago, and uh, we were a pure research organization, which started about how does the brain actually work? And then once we kind of figured out how it works and how it learns, trying to map that to silicon. So we went from an R&D phase into a product development phase. And in 2020, we released our first product, which is actually the Akita 1000, which is a chip. And uh, we are now selling that chip. And we also sell IP. And we have certain customers that you can see on our website that are consuming our technology for an IP licensing arrangement, others through chips. And we also have made it easy to consume with some things such as development systems and boards. We just released a board program, a PCIe board, a very low cost um, uh, consumption of our technology that allows people to try it and develop, and if they like it, advance in the sales cycle. Very good. Now, you recently joined the company, is that correct? That is correct. I've been here uh, about two and a half months. Okay, so can you tell us you know, what due diligence you did before you came on and, and what attracted you to the company? Sure. So obviously when you start joining companies, the first thing you want to look at is what, what they're offering the market is it as good as you think it is. So um, I was based prior to moving to Orange County. I was based in Silicon Valley, so I have a lot of access to a lot of very smart people in technology, a lot of smart people in Silicon, a lot of smart people in artificial intelligence. So I really wanted to understand if Brainship had what I thought it had, which was truly unique versus the competitors. Did it really work? And I felt very, very comfortable when I looked at the technology that is really that solid, that defensible, and that far advanced. Secondly, I really looked at the team because you know this is truly a intellectual property business. We have incredible talent here, and I wanted to you know look at the talent to see how committed it was, how energized they were. So I spent a lot of time in the various buildings of, of our company, and I, and I came away with the conclusion I've never seen a more talented or committed group of individuals. So with the product and the people, there was no question I wanted to join. Okay. 
And, and you mentioned the product is, is low power. Do, uh, do you mean by that that it doesn't use a lot of electricity or that it doesn't require supercomputers? It, it, it doesn't use a lot of electricity, and that's very, very important for a couple of reasons. You know, in today's world, if you think about what's going on, the consumption of, of electricity is going up and up as computing goes up. And, and there's some analysts that predict out there that the two main drivers, electrical consumption in probably three to five years, are two use cases. One is cryptocurrency mining, which is going to continue to do it, and then artificial intelligence. A lot of artificial intelligence is really sensors sensing things, sending it up to a cloud into a big data center where they're crunching things by throwing a lot of um, cycles at it, and that requires a lot and a lot of energy. Our model is keep the compute local, use selective sampling, and it allows you to compute with many, many um, factors of efficiency over the old paradigm. Okay. Secondly, if you're also in a situation with a use case where locally battery power matters, say as an example, electrical vehicle, uh, maximizing power consumption or savings of power consumption is critical. So any use case, whether it's, let's say, automobiles or IoT or medical, something that doesn't have access to a power source, saving power is critical. Okay. So there's got to be a lot of people going after this. Um, where do you guys fit in the competitive landscape, and what's your advantage? Sure. So you have to talk a little bit about, about the technology before I can answer that. So because it's really important to think, if you think about artificial intelligence, there's certain terms called CNN, which is convolutional neural networks, which is the predominant kind of way of attacking artificial intelligence today. We have a technology that not only can handle CNNs, as we would say in the industry, but also SNN, which is spiking neural networks. So we are on the leading edge of technology, yet allowing mainstream cases to use today. And we're very unique in that. So typical named competitors in the space would only be addressing CNNs, but the whole industry is heading towards SNN. There are some marquee names that are in the SNN kind of space as us, or neuromorphic specifically, and that would be IBM and Intel. But we're the only chip that is out there in production today. The others are more research chips and have their own kind of um, um, things that make it more challenging. As an example, our chip, we use TensorFlow, which is the industry-leading platform, whereas the others require a whole new kind of platform and learning and skill sets for the users. So we have a multi-year advantage on our competitors, and we're much more compatible with mainstream technology and positioning us very strongly for the future. Okay. And for the layman, can you give us a quick definition of CNN and SNN? Sure. Um, convolutional neural networks is a simple way to do artificial intelligence by, I always think about it this way, it's really a very simple math model type of thing where you're running math models against data sets. And that's kind of the basis for artificial intelligence. And if you go to SNN spiking neural network, it, it mimics more how the brain works, which is we only make uh, learnings when things change. And I always use the example of faces, right, which is if you think about it, if every time you had to go through learn a new face, you had to retrain a model as a human being, or retrain the data set, it would be really challenging. But 
you would say you new phase, you've got to rewrite a model or retrain the model or get more data. Very cumbersome. You wouldn't really pick them on faces. But as humans, we know most of us have eyes, nose, mouths, and ears, and we look for the nuances and the differences, eye color, hair, structure. And instantaneously, if you and I met face-to-face, -face, I would know maybe within the first meeting, maybe the second meeting, that's Jeff's, and that's Jeff's face. And that's the difference. One is more kind of brute force computation, CNN. SNN is really selective sampling and learning real-time on the fly, much more efficient. Okay. And, and so uh, where are you with your technology and the commercialization project? Um, you you sure. mentioned so, last year something came out? Yeah, in 2020 we actually shipped the chip. And um, so that was a very, very important year because it proved that the technology almost a decade later that it actually did work and worked very, very well. And so we're in that phase right now. I talked about it in the beginning that we started as a research and development organization. We went to a product development and product launch. And then last year, and one of the primary reasons I came to join was to accelerate the commercialization effort into this. Now, we do certainly have uh, um, public data on certain customers. We have one right there, but I can tell you that is the mission this year, which is we're leaning very aggressively into getting the word out to as many constituents as possible and ramping up our sales and marketing efforts quite a bit. If you think about it, the market opportunity is incredibly large right now. It's very early innings in artificial intelligence, and even earlier innings artificial intelligence on the edge. But that is the future where this industry is going. We have a competitive um, lead right now, and it's very, very important that we get our technology into as many people's hands in 2022 and get our message out to as many people who listen and that will continue to drive our sales. So is the sale one that it has to be designed in, or is it off the shelf? It's a little bit of both. Um, if you think about it, we have a chip today that you can literally put in, and again, I mentioned earlier, even a board, you can drop it into a system, and you can use it right away, so you can use it off the shelf. But also it can be designed in, and that's where the IP, intellectual property revenue streams come from. And consistent with almost all industries right now, and if you just watch all some of the industry news, everybody talks about chips, chips in cars, chips in medical, chips and things. And most of those times those chips are custom made for the end consumer of that chip, the, say the car company, the medical company. And with, in this case, they would take our intellectual property and build it into what they call a system on our chip. And so that way it can be, it's not off the shelf. You take, you take a license to our technology, the end user then puts that technology in the design of their system to get the functionality in their chip. And so many times we're approached, they have a chip for a use case, and they say, we want some of the artificial, um, function, artificial intelligence functionality, and that's where the IP play goes. So a little bit of both, off the shelf and custom. Okay. And so what are your, your main addressable markets that you're going after, and how um, do you intend to reach them? What, what marketing channels? Sure. Sure. Well, um, I don't know if you noticed, we just recently hired, or I just recently hired two weeks ago, a uh, world-class CMO to join us. So we're going to be, you can expect us to be ramping up our marketing message uh, quite a bit. Um, but the primary um, verticals we're having success in is uh, certainly in medical, certainly in industrial, and automobile. And one of the things is that we, if you were gone to CES and saw that Mercedes, as an example, made a reference to us being in the EQX, which is their um, 
what they call their Tesla competitive car, where they're trying to get as much battery life out to it. And we're not allowed to talk about our relationship there, per se, but since it was out publicly in Motor Trend and many other publications out there, that you can see that's a use case very much so, is automobiles. Okay. Can you give us a couple other um, use cases? Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that's so unique about our chip it, in this technology, it can use all the senses of, of a human being. So, you know, sight, sound, touch, smell, taste. So almost any use case you want with any type of sensor. So what we're trying to do is make the sensor smart. So as an example, we've actually done some prototypes with a company where the smell sense, where someone could breathe on a sensor and say COVID or not COVID. So obviously medical use cases, something like that. We're also working with some potential customers on sound or failure of mechanical things. So let's just take a locomotive. If a locomotive was working down and it makes certain noise patterns, if it's about to break down and needs maintenance, we recognize those kind of patterns. And of course, we say, hey, listen, the locomotive is about to break down. You should pull it off the line and do that. So you can see it's those kind of use cases they can go into. Okay. And so I imagine um, you're not... You, you, this is outsourced. So, do, do you have any capacity or supply chain issues? Um, we don't have today. We're, we're watching it closely, like everybody in, in the industry right now. We're, we're, we're cautiously optimistic that that will change, um, but right now we do not have constraints. Okay. And then um, your revenue model. You mentioned licensing. Is, is there more than one revenue model, and what type of gross margins should we anticipate? Well, we're, um, it's, our revenue is really going to be two major buckets, which is the intellectual property that I mentioned and volume chip sales. The other kind of uh, revenue that we have, like is the board sales or system sales, those are more just to get the word out, but they're not going to be um, significant in our revenue trajectory. It's really the intellectual property and the volume chip sales. That's, that's our, our um, two main focuses to be the revenue drivers. Okay. So should we start to see revenue ramp this year or is it or or what year? Uh, we are we we are expecting it this year for sure. Okay. And and so what would be the gating factor? Well, you know, it's interesting what I say about most new technologies is there's no question the technology is there and there's no question that it can be applied. But sometimes such advanced technology, it takes time to work its way through um, the organizations that are going to consume it because it's so new and so advanced, it takes some time for them to get comfortable with it, where in the past you, you can always say, oh, well, we can do this, it's good enough. So we're always challenged against good enough because if you're, if you're always the leader of the pack, you're going to be the leader, so you have to do a fair amount of education and you've got to help people understand you know, the use case is that much harder versus, you know, more traditional um, technologies. Okay. And then what uh, can spur sales? What what are some of the drivers for you? Well, I think it, I think it's the competitive. We, what we look for is uh, industries that are in change in competitive situations. So you, we talk about autos, right? It's clear the automobile industry has changed forever after what Tesla has done. So every automaker in the world is in a transformation towards an electrical vehicle. 
and then that, so that's going to be a driver of consumption of this kind of technology. So if you make technology like us, which is not only um, leading on power consumption, but our artificial intelligence functionality, and how cars are getting so smart and intelligent, that's what we look for is those kind of industries, things that are changing and need really cutting-edge functionality. Um, more static organizations or, or verticals, we steer away from them. But just the ones I said earlier, medical, change, very rapid change. Uh, industrial, very rapid change. And automobiles, very rapid change. Uh, we are actually seeing some interest from some interesting use cases such as drones as well. So anything that's changing quickly, those are the industries that we see adoption. Okay. And how long of a, of a sales cycle is it, and do you have much visibility? Yeah, it, it, um, it can be a long sales cycle. Intellectual property, you know, think about this. Our, we're, we, the intellectual property of our business, the business model is similar to ARM, right, if you're comfortable with that company. And what we, we sell is licenses, and that will be foiled by royalties. So the sales cycle for intellectual property can be somewhat long, not always, but somewhat long. But once you get in, you've sold the license, which is a revenue stream, and once the organization that bought your license starts creating chips to deploy into your mainstream products, we will get paid a royalty off of all that. So that's where the real ramp can come as chips get more and more rolled out, even in some of the intellectual property deals we have already inked the royalty streams will be uh, coming in and out years for a period of time. Okay. And what would you say the best way for us to monitor you is, uh, and, you know, and what uh, events or catalysts do you have coming up? Um, well, we're, at a, we're going to be at a lot of trade shows for sure. Uh, so that I think that's, that's, that's really um, pay attention to us there. We have some very interesting announcements that you can obviously pick up on the PR wire. Um, those would be the two main ways to follow us. Okay. So um, is there anything that, uh, that I failed to ask that, that you wish I would have or, or anything you want to leave us with? Um, I think I just really want to make sure I impress upon the uniqueness of this, which is there is literally nothing like this in the market today. It is that transformational that we're out there to do that. And some of the most forward-thinking companies in, in the world and governments are looking at this and testing it and trying it and, in some cases, buying it. So it, it's something that is really critical that we think is just going to accelerate as we get more and more word out. The shift, I think, on the market shift is very, very real. I would say pay attention to the shift from classic in data center models to the edge. That is something that's happening very, very quick. I think the growth of Internet of Things kind of technologies and the number of devices that need to have intelligence, these are major market shifts that create opportunity, which is get away from the data center, more devices to put intelligence on. I think the technology is so unique, the fact that we can do on-chip learning at low power, incredibly high performance, is so interesting. The fact that we have proven models that we have customers today. And some of the more interesting ones like Renesis and Megachips, those are very important things followed by the royalties. We think it's a very compelling uh, basis for an investment. And I imagine success begets success, and you've got a pretty good uh, reference customer with Mercedes. 
We have a, well, it's, a, it's certainly a certainly something that we notice in the market, and we get a lot of noise from what Mercedes put out for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sean, thanks so much for sharing the brain chip story. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Very nice to meet you. Same here.